Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, hello there. This is Alan Heller sitting in for Tom Brown and my wife, lovely wife, at the other side of the table. Hello, hello. So we're going to be talking about the building blocks of intimacy. And um, I remember uh, how we started off our honeymoon uh, when we first got married and how uh, you were locked in the bathroom, and it could have been <laughs> could have been a sitcom, except it was real. <laughs> I know. So um, intimacy, we're going to be talking about God's plan for that in marriage, uh, but those who aren't married can learn a little bit too. Talk about barriers to intimacy as well as the benefits, and then we'll conclude with um, what are some things that we can do to build intimacy. Have you learned anything in forty years with me? I think we've I think we've learned quite a few things. Yeah. Are we going to be able to share them? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Well, we appreciate Tom being able to uh, have a vacation so we can come on and enjoy talking with uh, you folks. And um, if you want to join the party here, you can um, call us at. 602, um, I have my phone number, I have to find the phone number here, 274-1360, so (laughs) if you want to join us and talk about intimacy, what are some things that have blocked your intimacy in your marriage or in relationship, Uh, just call us, 602-274-1360, either to help us out or we can maybe answer a question. (laughs) <laughs> we, we might need some help. <laughs> so anyway, let's just, before we have to uh, get into a break here, the lack of trust and acceptance is one of the things we talked about that causes a lack of intimacy. And um, two people get together, and when they first get together, they're really trying to connect on all the things that they're alike. But really, intimacy is built on the ability to share uh, sort of the warts and all and the ability to feel accepted. Well, going back to that um, honeymoon night uh, that you were talking about, I thought that we did have that warts and all kind of thing built up during our uh, engagement days because we talked about so many things so openly and freely, and we, we even had major arguments and worked through we fought a lot and we (laughs) We made up a lot we did we we worked through a lot of things and yet there was something that happened on our honeymoon where a topic came up that uh that caused you to be angry or it it felt like anger i was shocked i thought we had shared everything and and dumped all our stuff on the table and then you shared something with me that I just went, wow. And it, I was just frustrated because I thought, hey, I thought you shared everything. And, and then I got angry and 
then the next thing I know, you weren't around in the room I felt, anymore. <laughs> I felt very rejected and unaccepted and unacceptable and thought that I had made a big mistake. So we'll have to catch us after the break. This is Alan and Polly Heller. We're talking about intimacy on Kononia Faith Talk 1360. And we'll look forward to seeing you after the break. Music to have a great sunny day here in Phoenix, Arizona at Faith Talk 1360. I know. It always makes me feel like dancing. I know. Well, that's fine with me. I like <laughs> seeing it. Um, I'm Alan Heller. This is Polly Heller, and uh, we have a ministry called Walk and Talk. We do marriage counseling and coaching, do communication workshops. Actually, we have one um, May 21st coming up. If you're interested, call the station. And uh, they'll let you know, or you can get in touch with us at Alan, A-L-A-N, at walkandtalk.org. Uh, That's A-N-D, walk and talk. But today we're talking about intimacy. We left us at our honeymoon, Polly in the bathroom, me trying a little bit angry, frustrated that she misunderstood me, um, trying to get our first <laughs> our first time I mean, it was a few days into our... It was. It was a couple but of days. it didn't matter. I thought everything was fine until that happened. But So what what happened? So you withdrew. I I kept saying, Polly, it's just, it's okay. I'm just, uh, you know, it shocked me, that's all. That well, we hadn't shared something that we, in the past, we had shared everything, I thought. And, I mean, and isn't that the truth about intimacy that, it's into me you see and that we don't know everything well, about I, I think each other. that uh, part of uh, the barriers to intimacy is fearing rejection by the other person and and not wanting to go there and that's based on experience past experience whether with uh, with that person or with somebody else from the past and uh, I had, I thought, been very open with you up you to that open. time. Um, but I also, before I became a Christian, I had relationships in my past that I thought, well, once you become a Christian and you're forgiven and you just walk on and the, all of that stuff just sort of disappears. And what I've learned after being married to you for 40 years and after walking with the Lord for 42 or 43 years, whatever it's been. And talking to a few women. Well, yeah, those things don't disappear. Your right. past doesn't just go away. You're, you're forgiven, but there, there are events that took place in the past that continue to affect you in the present, even though 
you're forgiven, and even though God gives you a fresh start in life. Well, you have a soul. You have a mind, will, and emotions, and you get scarred, and some of those things we just block out. Other things we work through, and that's one of the things as I work with people, is I ask them, um, you know, what are some major situations that you had that were traumatic. I mean, and most people say, well, I had a very normal childhood. Mm -hmm. So tell me about it. And they tell me, oh, my dad beat me and my mom left when I was five years old. And I'm going, yeah, that's, that's normal. I mean, and there are a lot of traumatic things that cause scars on our soul. And so one of the barriers uh, to forgiveness or, or to intimacy is unforgiveness or the ability to let go of some of those past things. And I've had people that are 50 years old that uh, actually um, in the past year, I've had a couple that was 80 years old that uh, were having some problems and um, they had not let go of something in their past that was causing them now, even though they've been married more than 50 years, uh, they were still having a hard time communicating and, and having intimacy. Uh, and, you know, our tendency when we talk about marriage is to think intimacy is just about sex. But we're talking emotional inti intimacy as well as physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. But unforgiven unforgiveness and bitterness can be a difficult um, thing. And uh, in Colossians it says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. And there are many places in the gospel that talk about the need to forgive in order for God to forgive us. And somehow we need to work through all that. Right, right. Well, and if if I have something that I am holding against you, that it, that's like a it's like a a block wall that's in between the two of us. And I don't want to. Um. I don't want to cross that barrier. I I don't trust you as far as that unforgiveness is sitting there and it's just not going to allow me to feel safe enough with you to want to share something deeper with you and uh and sometimes that at, there's this element of prejudgment too. I I know from past experience that if I say this, then he's going to say that, and then he's going to say this, and then I'm going to say that, and then it's going to escalate from there. And so I don't even want to go there. Right. And it's, it's all a script that I have written out. And maybe you're not going to go there. Maybe I can say this, and you won't react the way I think you're going to react. Right. But, so another issue is the prejudgment and the things that we have expressed to the other person and they've balked or had a bad reaction or we feel rejected and then we think that's just going to happen again. So we just don't talk about those things anymore. And there can be past wounds that have never healed over and I've never brought it up to you because I don't want the reaction. And mm -hmm. depending on our personality is depending on whether we're willing to actually be honest with one another. Right. Well, and the reaction may not even always be anger. The reaction may just be getting ignored. You know, it's like I come knocking on your door and you don't even open it. <laughs> and um, and so it may be it's really, really hard for me to bring up 
an issue. And so finally I work up the courage and I say something and you just go, mm, uh-huh. And, and, you that's know, not enough? <laughs> well, I... For us yeah, men, I that's mean, about all we got sometimes. Maybe it's just not a good time for you. Maybe you're in the middle of watching uh, a, a Super Bowl or any well, any sporting event. <laughs> but um, but if but if the timing is off, it's just not a good time to bring something up to you. I'm I might get um, annoyance. I might get um, anger, or I might just get. Uh, yeah, like just half an ear. And so it, when those kinds of things happen, that's not inviting me to disclose more of myself. Right. So another uh, thing we talked about um, is busyness. Busyness can be a, a barrier to intimacy. Uh, if you're not talking to each other, mm-hmm. pretty much you're not going to be intimate because intimacy has to do with letting a person in. Uh, One of the things that we teach in our communication workshop is about feelings, thoughts, wants, actions, our sense, you know, what we see, hear, taste, touch, smell, being able to express those things in what we call the communistar. And that really helped a lot in our relationship because at the beginning of our relationship and even still now at times, for you, you have a question, what do I really want and can I really express it? And... um, if you don't have time to sit down and talk about these things, <clears throat> busyness is going to really cause us to lack that intimacy and the connection. And there can be this slow drift or it can be just, you know, all of us have times of busyness. But we're talking about a pattern where mm-hmm. we just, you know, we get up, we go to work, we deal with the kids, whatever, and then we come back. And we eat dinner, we watch TV, go to sleep, and do it all over again. And we're wondering, why are we drifting? Right. And we've been in marriage ministry for a long time. And we, we've we gone through parenting courses that talked about having couch time. That when you, when, when you both first get home from work, it, it used to be so much more just when the husband gets home from work with the assumption that the, the wife was at home holding down the fort. Now but, it could be the opposite. And it, well, now more and more, both parents are out working. But still, when you finally come together, what's, what's the first thing that you go to? Are you going to go check your email? Are you going to check your Facebook? Are you going to read the paper? Are you going to watch the news? Are you, are you going to just want time to yourself? Or, or do you get all involved with your children? Or... Do you say, before I do any of these other things, I just want to sit down and check in with my spouse and see how his day went, how her day went? You're going to need to make an agreement that this is what we're going to do. If you, what I find is it's, it ebbs and flows that, that busyness creeps in. If we have a specific time where we have a date night or a night where it's set aside for us to actually do something together, fun, besides just watch a movie or TV or whatever, but just also to talk with each other, and that's in the schedule, we'll do it. And um, and even that at times because, hey, somebody gives us tickets to a game or something, and, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And so we go to a game, but we didn't really talk deeply that day. And then the next thing you know, we're not meeting on our regular 
date night. But if that's built into the schedule, that can really be helpful for intimacy. And what I've heard from you a lot and many women is that intimacy starts way outside the bedroom, that, you know, a glance of uh, uh, giving you coffee in the morning, um, making the bed, holding a hand, uh, just a brush on your back without any demand for physical intimacy at that point. Those are things that you really appreciate and help you um, want to be close to me mm-hmm. at that point. That's right. It it has uh, it has nothing to do with sex and everything to do with just connecting in the course of a day and um, the how are you and the uh, being aware. How was your day? <laughs> well, yeah. How was your day? Or how are you feeling? For me, um, because I have multiple sclerosis, I get really tired. And to just be aware, hey, I'm just having a tired day. Mm. That's important. And it's important for me to hear it so I can be sensitive. This is Alan and Polly Heller. We're talking about intimacy on Faith Talk 1360. Cone O'Neill, we're sitting in for Tom Brown, who I'm hoping has his feet up and drinking a wonderful Coke somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. back. This is Alan Hellers and Polly Hellers sitting in for Tom Brown here at Faith Talk 1360 Kononia, which is sharing life together. And that's what intimacy is really about, is being able to share feelings, thoughts, all kinds of things. Uh, Jill Savage wrote an article and she said, intimacy is seeing into each other's life. It's knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. It's being aware of each other's fears and hopes and dreams. Many of us define intimacy in marriage as sex, and while that's certainly a valuable part of marriage relationship, a healthy marriage has to have emotional intimacy to go the distance. And we'll talk more about what builds that kind of intimacy in a minute, but we were talking about the barriers, the lack of trust, unforgiveness, and bitterness that blocks intimacy, uh, past wounds that we've never gotten over, Busyness was the last one we talked about before the break. And there are a couple other ones, tiredness and being just burned out. I call it dish rag to dish rag. Uh, Very hard to have any kind of uh, significant deep uh, conversation when I just am totally exhausted. You're totally exhausted. We know we're supposed to spend time together, but who wants to talk to each other? Just give me a movie and let's just forget about it. Right. It takes takes (laughs) – It takes effort. It does take energy. And sometimes I just don't have the energy or don't think I have or feel like I have the energy 
to put forth the effort that that our relationship needs. Right. And I think we need to give each other space and couples need to be willing and people even, roommates, whatever, need to give each other space to have their time if they need it. The other thing, though, is that's very important is for you to actually tell me, like the other day you just said, I am totally wiped out. Right. And, and then my question is, Okay, what do you want me to do about it? I know when I'm wiped out, I just want to veg out in front of the TV or something well, and watch a basketball game. Part, part of the issue uh, for somebody with MS and probably with other certain other um, chronic conditions is that you you learn how to look good, especially a woman can put her makeup on and do her hair. And I I look fine. So I don't look as tired as I feel. Right. But when I am tired, I'm not just physically tired. I'm mentally tired. I'm emotionally tired. I process my thoughts really slowly. And I just wanted you to know, hey, I I am going to have trouble getting dinner ready tonight. I'm going to have trouble getting the kitchen cleaned up. I know I look capable but I am just completely running out of steam, right. and I need you to know that. And sometimes for you, that's hard to do because you're used to taking charge and doing things and operating at a certain level. Although right. in the past few years, I've seen you grow in that area of being able to just actually tell me you're tired, which really helps us men, doesn't it, guys, <laughs> when they actually let us know what they're feeling instead of we're supposed to guess? I know. And, well, that's you know. the thing. If I don't tell you and and then I do have the expectation that you guess and you're not guessing, again, that's something, that's something that is a, a barrier to intimacy because I'm thinking, can't he see how tired I am? And, and, and then he's wanting me to to fix dinner and to do all of these things for him and to give him a back rub and a neck rub. And I could use a back rub and a neck rub and a spa day and a pedicure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's not so, get carried away. I, <laughs> if, if you want to tell us about what, what kills intimacy in your life, call 602-274-1360. That's 602-274-1360. And uh, give us some of your input on... What blocks intimacy for you? Why don't we go on to some of the benefits? What are some of the benefits of intimacy? I, I think, um, well, let, let me read on in this article by Jill Savage. She says, what exactly is emotional intimacy? Emotional intimacy occurs when there's enough trust and communication between you and your spouse. Communication, guys. That means more than, uh so between you and your spouse, that it allows you both to share your innermost selves. Deep emotional intimacy is when we feel wholly accepted, respected, admired in the eyes of our mate, even when they know our innermost struggles, our failures, I would say our warts and all. Emotional intimacy fosters compassion and support, providing a firm foundation for a marriage to last a lifetime. And I would say the two things that make marriage last a lifetime are commitment and that acceptance factor um, and being able to communicate that. And in order to communicate that, you have to be sitting across from each other or with each other in the same place at the same time. 
So it does take work. I mean, somebody told me, don't call it a workshop. And I, I just said, it is work. It's maybe not the greatest selling point from a, an ad perspective, but um, marriage takes work. I, if anybody's been married longer than two seconds, they are realizing there are things we don't know about each other that we need to know. There are ways that we need to treat each other that we just didn't understand when we first came into this relationship. And no matter how well you know one another, there's a need to still get to know parts of that person that you've never known before. Right. Well, and as Gary Chapman has pointed out in his writing on the five love languages, we, we interpret love, we express love, we receive love in different ways. We have our preferences. And I might be doing things like i'm i'm big on doing things i've noticed that doing things when i'm talking to you too right well because i i want the house to look nice i i want your dinner to be ready i want the bed to be made i I, really appreciate i want your laundry to be done and so i'm doing all of these things for you but for you it's not that important. It, it doesn't feel like something that is saying, I oh, love you when it, I'm doing these right. things. It's, it's important. It just is when I want to connect with you, I just need your eye contact because oh. special time together is really important. And that means that I have your presence, not just the laundry looking at me as you fold Right, it. right. But, but as we were talking about this, um, we were – We've been doing this, uh, it's called the marriage course, and uh, we've been doing it at our church over the last seven weeks, and we were talking about these love languages last night, and I realized again that not only do I like to give an acts of service, I also like to receive acts of service, and so when you wash my car for me, like you asked me the other day, did you notice I washed your car? <laughs> I went, yeah, no, no she didn't. I, I didn't. But I'm really glad that you did because that is. Could you an say act- that you're really glad <laughs> that will encourage that me to do it? That is an more act often. of service, and that I might is not even ask next time. <laughs> sometimes I, 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 I'm thinking, can't he see that I need some help around here? Yeah, and I don't hear any of those thoughts. <laughs> I always joke with people. I tell them that one. A few years ago, um, Paulie said to me, I've been thinking about you all day. And I went, any good ones? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, they were all good. And I'm going, really? Well, could you text me or email me what they were? And so she emailed me, and that started two weeks of us emailing the thoughts we had about each other that were good, which I'd encourage anybody to do. It can lead to a lot of good things. Right, right. So if you're interested in talking with us about what are barriers or what are benefits of intimacy, call us at 602-274-1360, 602-274-1360. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the subject. Another thing that is a benefit is the feeling of fulfillment. I was thinking about this the other day that we, I think in our relationship, many times take for granted the friendship, the uh, I just so enjoy having someone to share my life with and to 
if I'm reading something in a book to say, hey, Polly, listen to this. Or sometimes I don't even say, hey, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> you just start reading. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's this voice coming from? Um, but just the ability to walk together in life. And um, especially for men, I think it's important for a woman to encourage and say what what you appreciate about them or the things that you really admire about them. Uh, we have fragile little egos, even though we look like we're really strong leaders and we're taking charge and everything. We still like to hear from uh, the one that we love the most, what we do the best. Well, and I think kind of in, uh, in conjunction with that, um, by knowing you really well, I know that there are things that I can say and do that build you up. And I know that there are things that I can say and do that would tear you down. And I think part of building that sense of intimacy is that trust factor of withholding uh, the zingers. Like my my family was really uh, good with uh, the sarcastic remarks and I've learned over the years, those are not funny to you. And it's not funny if I say something sarcastic about you in your presence to other people, even though I know it will get a laugh, it's, it's tearing down our relationship with each other. It tears down your self-confidence and your, your trust in me because I'm no longer a safe person and it, it, it goes both ways. Right. And another factor in terms of fulfillment is it conquers the greener grass syndrome. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't have to look over the fence to see the greener grass, which some people say it turns brown too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, or if it's greener, it's probably because somebody's taking care of it and we need to take care of our own grass. That's right. Exactly. C.S. Lewis said this. He once remarked that the reason why we look for fulfillment outside our own marriage is because we have not allowed God to show us the depths of joy and happiness that he can provide in our existing relationship. When we allow ourselves to experience God's plan for marriage, we soon find ourselves in a state of satisfaction, contentment that makes us wonder why anyone would ever consider such a stray thought. And that's what you do for me, honey. You really help me know you're the one that fulfills the, the needs I have perfectly for me. And it's the truth. Yay. 1360, we're at KPXQ and Faith Talk 1360. Here at Kononia, join us after the break. Welcome back to Kononia. Alan and Polly Heller here, filling in for Tom Brown, getting a much-deserved rest. And uh, we're talking about intimacy, barriers and benefits, and then how to build it. And um, you got a little insight into our first marriage quarrel. that <laughs> took about 10 years before Polly trusted me with anything too... Uh, 
we still we still were married. We still were in ministry. We were still functioning, but uh, in one little area there, it was still a long road before we got into you know got repaired. But and that is one thing that when you have tremendous conflict, if you repair and have forgiveness, uh, intimacy is a definite result, isn't it? Right. I mean, some people think that just saying "I'm sorry." is all you have to do, and um, or saying, please forgive me, which is even harder to say, but they might kind of say, say it. And, well, I asked your forgiveness, or I said I was sorry, and they just want to drop it. And it's not, it's not that simple. Well, because we're complex beings. We have emotions and souls, and some of us compartmentalize so much that we can just be a, a real jerk on one one minute, and then think that you're going to be able to just jump into bed with me uh, the next. Well, we and have to acknowledge that we really did do some damage to to the other person, right. and uh, and try to do something to repair that damage. Yes, I can say I forgive you, but I'm still left picking up pieces. I'm still living in fear of the next time that this might happen. And if you make the effort to come back and repair what you did and say, boy, I realize I can see how things built up to this point. I'm, I'm sorry I even went there or whatever. Then I, I can get to a place where I'm, I'm trusting you again and willing to go to some of those deep places. One of the things that I've found really helpful as a man uh, dealing with you when you're upset at me is to allow you to be able to vent and, just sort of what I call emotionally throwing up uh, and not react. I think early in our marriage, I would react quite a bit and we would just go force to force and it would just escalate and it wouldn't get anywhere. And so the ability to listen, feedback and use some of the skills that we teach people. And actually, we're having a seminar May 21st and people are invited to join us for that. Uh, you, you can call us at 602-499-2711, 602-499-2711 if you want to register for that. Yeah, I, um, I'd also like to mention that we have written a book called The Marital Mystery Tour mm-hmm. that is available on Amazon.com mm-hmm. or we also recorded it. And so it's an audio book. That is available on audible.com. And the name of the book is The Marital Mystery Tour. And actually, Tom Brown did the mail part right. in The Marital Mystery right. Tour. So you can we hear re- Tom. We, right. We recorded it right here in the studio. So, And I, I would even give a free download on Audible if somebody called 602-274-1360. If you want to get a free download of our book, The Marital Mystery Tour, call 602-274-1360. So now more on the benefits. Uh, there's a lack of fear. When you have intimacy with somebody, I, uh, there's a lack of fear that I can talk to you about some of my deepest right. things and without a- fear of retribution or um, – and, and intimacy is blocked when I don't feel like I can right. do that. And that can happen even if we – have been married for 40 years, there are certain things we go through. I mean, we went through six years ago the death of our son, and it just turned our life upside down. 
and uh, all the tools and things we we needed all of them just to be able to talk about stuff um sometimes we worked it out and sometimes it wasn't so good right and we needed help too i think don't be afraid if you can't do it on your own then go ask a counselor a coach a pastor to help you an objective party and we spend our life, we enjoy ministering to couples and helping them learn how to renegotiate marriage and life so that they can walk in the fullness of that life that God designed for us. Right. And, you know, you were talking about the uh, the grass is greener idea. And it if we are have built that sense of safety and intimacy with each other, then I'm less likely to be attracted to some guy at church or some guy at work or a neighbor or somebody who just gives me a listening ear. And, you know, it can happen among Christians. It can happen at church. It can happen in your home fellowship group that you're all just so comfortable with one another, but some guy uh, or some woman, uh, one of your, your a friend, is a better listening ear, laughs louder at your jokes, um, thinks you're more clever than your spouse does, uh, seems to give you the kind of attention that you, you really so, need. You know, right. But it's, it's very easy to... If you don't feel intimate with your partner, it's very easy to find uh, that there's somebody else who, even if they're not physically attractive necessarily, but they're, there's an attraction they're because comforting. they're, yeah, they're comforting or they're fun or they're welcoming and you feel safe and happy in their presence. And again, that's why we need to have boundaries and pre-prescribed ways that we deal with certain things. And, you know, I, I do not go out uh, alone with women to lunch. I make sure that Paulie's with me or that there are other people around and it's a very public thing. Um, I don't usually drive in a car alone with a woman, especially on long trips. Or There are just certain things that I, I just have chosen not to do because I just don't even want to get close to the edge. Mm-hmm. And I deal with so many people who, you know, you're exhausted and you feel like you deserve a break today and you get one. And then um, I had a call the other day of somebody who just realized they just were being so selfish. and But they're realizing it too late. They're already divorced and it's just a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So some of the other benefits is just uh, feeling accepted and loved by that person. There's... We were meant to connect with each other and connect um, in certain ways that one of the things that causes intimacy is we in our marriage have certain things that are just ours. They are nobody else's. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important for both people to respect in public settings the things that are just for us and our marriage, God designed marriage for oneness and to represent Christ and his church. And uh, there are certain things that are just supposed to be for the two of us. And that's one of the things that makes it special. Right. Well, and if I know that something was, let's say, a childhood wound of yours, 
and you shared it with me with the understanding that I would never share it with anybody else. And then here we are in some social setting, and I say, oh, let me tell you what happened to Alan when he was a kid, and I pull this thing out. Mm-hmm. Well, that just that just destroys it can destroy years and years and years of a relationship because I've broken the trust that you have placed in me to, to hold this thing sacred to me. Right. And, uh, and that trust and that sense of feeling safe with another person is a huge part of intimacy. So let's talk about things that build that intimacy, um, commitment, certainly just unreserved commitment to one another, no matter how we feel. And we live in such a feeling and emotion driven society. I I just, when I go to the movies and I just see some of the trailers, I'm thinking, wow, you get adrenalized within one minute of a trailer and then you go sit down for an hour and a half and that's what you get. You're totally adrenalized. Like, uh, I think it was, um, the parrots, uh, Les and Leslie Parrot that said, how many of you live at a 10 all the time? And, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 that you're always on, you're always a 10. Nobody can do that. And many people crash as a result of trying to do that and get burned out, used up, have affairs, end up in addictions, etc. And we just need to realize that, hey, it's great to have some 10s once in a while. Right. But that, that our commitment to one another isn't just based on good feelings, good looks, and uh, good times. Right. We went to a wedding uh, a while back where the, the vows weren't even called vows. They, they were hardly even promises. It mm. was like, are, do you take this person to be your partner? <laughs> sort of your partner <laughs> if you really would like it today, maybe. You know, for as long as it feels good to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. How can you expect a, a relationship like this to last through all of the ups and the downs and the, the pressure and the, the rending and the tearing that takes place through a lifetime of being married to a person. There are just so many challenges to, to keeping it together. And another one is just the purposing to be unselfish and thinking more about uh, somebody said, you know, do you come into the room and say, there you are? Or do you come in and say, here I am, God's gift to you. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Right, exactly. <laughs> Where are the slippers and the uh, grapes and all that sort of thing? But after a hard day of work coming home and realizing that my my first thought should be, how was your day and what can I do for you? And that really takes intention and planning. Um, it's something that is a discipline that I try and do uh, after dealing with everyone else's problems. Uh, you know, I, I really don't want to deal with your problems that you throw at me when I come in the door and you're not, you know, you just haven't been talking to anybody and you hear somebody that, um, boy, loves me and I'm sure yeah, you don't but want you, to do you do want home to be a welcoming place. That's right. So we'll talk more about the benefits and the things we can do to build intimacy. This is Alan and Polly Heller sitting in for Tom Brown at Faith Talk 1360.
Well, welcome back to Kononia. This has been Alan and Polly Heller. We have our last segment here. We're really glad you took the time to share this time with us. And we've been talking about intimacy, some barriers, lack of trust and acceptance, unforgiveness, past wounds, busyness, fear, some shame of the past or a wound. Benefits, we've been talking about closeness that comes from being intimate, fulfillment, uh, not having to look over at the other side of the fence where the grass is greener, that somebody was taking care of it. Um, Your grass probably needs some fertilizer right now. And uh, just there's a lack of fear. You feel accepted by the one who you are intimate with. And then we were talking about what are some things that build that intimacy, certainly commitment and thinking of the other more than yourself and uh, being able to talk about it. But one thing that we have thought about is prayer. Prayer definitely is one of the most, if not the most, intimate thing you can do because we are built as spiritual beings, not just physical beings. And everything about intimacy from the world's perspective, from the movies, from magazines, from every commercial that you see, has it's all about emotion. It's all about physical. It's not about the spiritual. So what do you think, Polly? What, what has been helpful in our relationship in terms of that? Well, I definitely think that prayer is a, a huge part of building intimacy because we have to be open and honest before God. So I just want to encourage all the married couples out there to spend some time together on your knees and be honest and open before the Lord together. That's a good word. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can get on our website, walkandtalk.org, or the KPXQ website, 1360. This is Alan and Polly Heller, hoping that your days are intimate with the Lord and one another. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you.